Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 12. And we're continuing to look at verses 3 and 4. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. In our last study, we spent some time looking at the seven heads and ten horns, and we saw, for instance, in Revelation chapter 17, that God relates the seven heads to seven mountains, and mountains in the Bible identify with kingdoms. So the seven heads of the dragon... And the dragon is Satan, the devil. The seven heads typify seven kingdoms. And and that's why it speaks of seven crowns upon his heads. Seven periods of rule that Satan would rule over the unsafe people of the world during the history of the world. Revelation 17 also tells us that by the time of the cross, five kingdoms had fallen. Five kings had fallen, and then one is, and that would point to Satan's rule uh, during the New Testament church age, and one is to come. That would be that final seventh rule of Satan during the Great Tribulation period, the little season of time in which he would rule um, uh, to a far greater degree than he had ever done previously. God would give him rule over all churches as well as over the world in a special way as wickedness would be increased. And whenever wickedness is increased, whenever evil is unleashed in the way it has been over the the last few decades, that gives Satan greater opportunity to rule over the hearts of unsaved men. The deeper the world goes into wickedness and evil, the more it is as though they are worshiping Satan because he is the one who plunged man into this situation, into this predicament of being a sinner under the wrath of God. And in sinning and believing the lie of Satan over what God had said back in the Garden of Eden, mankind gave his allegiance to the devil. And he has been doing that ever since. Well, the seven heads and ten horns we saw again, represent the rule of Satan throughout all time. But then we read that interesting verse in Psalm 74. In Psalm 74, 
verses 13 and 14. It says, Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. And we now understand this in a much better way, because now we realize God is referring to the heads, plural, of the dragon, the seven heads that that do represent that rule of Satan throughout all time. And therefore, when God speaks of breaking the heads of the dragons in in the waters, he is describing the fall of Satan's kingdom, his final kingdom, and therefore all the heads are broken. All the rule of Satan is underfoot now by the Lord Jesus Christ. As Christ rules all that was previously Satan's in this day of judgment, and he rules with a rod of iron. Well, verse 14 of Psalm 74 says, Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces. Leviathan is another name for Satan. It's repeating what the previous verse had stated. It's just rewording it a little bit. And gavest him, that is Leviathan or Satan, to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Now, again, this is um, an intriguing thought, an intriguing statement by the Lord, that Satan, called Leviathan, has his heads broken in pieces, and then he, Leviathan, is or Satan, is given to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Now, this right away reminds us of what we read uh, in a few places in the book of Ezekiel. Number one, in Ezekiel chapter 29, where it says in verse 2, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is a picture oftentimes in the Bible of Satan. And then that's confirmed in verse 3. Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers, which has said, My river is mine own, and I have made it for myself. So Pharaoh is called the great dragon. Remember, that's the very same language we started with in Revelation 12, verse 3. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. So we're on safe ground, understanding Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, the dragon, the great dragon. And then it says in verse 4 of Ezekiel 29, But I will put hooks in thy jaws, and I will cause the fish of thy rivers to stick unto thy scales, and I will bring thee up out of the midst of thy rivers, and all the fish of thy river shall stick unto thy scales, and I will leave thee thrown into the wilderness, thee and all the fish of thy rivers. Thou shalt fall upon the open fields, thou shalt not be brought together nor gathered. I have given thee for meat to the beasts of the field, and to the fowls of the heaven. Now that is very similar 
to Psalm 74:14. Leviathan's heads are broken in pieces and given for meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Just as Pharaoh, the great dragon, is, is brought up out of his river and thrown into the wilderness in the open field, and he's given for meat to the beasts of the field and to the fowls of the heaven. There, there is a very definite similarity between these statements. And, uh, more than this in Ezekiel 32, we read in verse 2, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say unto him, Thou art like a young lion of the nations, and thou art as a whale in the seas. Now, the, the English word whale is a translation of the same Hebrew word translated as dragon back in Ezekiel 29. So th- this is the same Hebrew word. It, it could say, Thou art as a dragon in the seas, and that would be proper, that's correct. And again, it's saying the same thing of Pharaoh. He's a picture of Satan. He's the dragon in the sea. And then it goes on in the middle of verse 2, And thou camest forth with thy rivers, and troublest the waters with thy feet, and foulest their rivers. Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, I will therefore spread out my net over thee, with a company of many people, and they shall bring thee up in my net. Then will I leave thee upon the land, I will cast thee forth upon the open field, and will cause all the fowls of the heaven to remain upon thee, and I will fill the beasts of the whole earth with thee, and I will lay thy flesh upon the mountains, and fill the valleys with thy height, I will also water with thy blood the land wherein thou swimmest, even to the mountains, and the river shall be full of thee, and when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven, and make the stars thereof dark, I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light, and the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord Jehovah. I will also vex the hearts of many people, when I shall bring thy destruction among the nations into the countries, which thou hast not known. Yea, I will make many people amazed at thee, and their king shall be horribly afraid for thee, when I shall brandish my sword before them, and they shall tremble at every moment, every man for his own life, in the day of thy fall. This is talking about the day Satan falls. When he is put down, he is deposed of all official rule and power, that rule that he had been given since the Garden of Eden, when uh, he conquered mankind, man who was created in the image of God, and he had the creature created in God's own image bow down to him, the, the serpent, by obeying his lie. And the creature created in God's image, mankind, was subservient to the devil, to this fallen angel. And and Satan had dominion over him throughout the history of the world, throughout these periods of rule. Seven kingdoms is how God uh, portrays it, that Satan ruled over the hearts of the unsaved people of the world, 
and the last period in which he would rule was that was the greatest for him the little season of great tribulation 23 years and yet that concluded his rule that ended the period of reign for the devil he no longer would rule over mankind and it was on may 21 2011 exactly the 23rd year and the 8400th day of the great tribulation the great tribulation came to a close and then the bible says immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun is darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven it precisely what we are reading in ezekiel 32 when the time of pharaoh the great dragon a picture of satan when he is brought up out of his sea cast upon the open ground and 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 is now meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the field it it's a picture of the the victorious god over this enemy that has dared rise up against the lord and and has dared to make himself as God and dared to come against the people of God. God is making him an open spectacle. He is a dead carcass, a dead corpse for all the world to see and for the fowls of the heaven to feast upon. And and notice the connection that God makes, not me, not uh, e-Bible fellowship, God ties in the darkness that comes upon the world. In verse 7, he says, And when I shall put thee out. That is, when this happens to Satan. This is a, a, a time reference. It, it's letting us know exactly when it occurs. I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud. And the moon shall not give her light and the bright lights of heaven Will I make dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord Jehovah. Just as God historically, literally, brought darkness over the land of Egypt, the land of Pharaoh, when he was bringing judgment against Egypt, long ago, God is using the similar picture to describe the time when judgment will come upon Pharaoh or Satan. It'll be immediately after the tribulation. That's what this language relates to. The only thing this language relates to. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Our present time. That's why we've been uh, saying that Satan is deposed. He is put down just as we saw in the book of Esther. When Haman was killed on the 17th day of the second month, and his dominion was removed. The house of Haman was given to Mordecai the Jew, a type of Christ. But the ten sons of Haman lived on for several months longer until that day came that Haman had desired to slay the Jews, and it was turned around contrary to them. And then the ten sons of Haman were killed. And and that's exactly what happened here. 
May 21, 2011, Satan loses all official rule. The period of reigning over seven kingdoms, his seven heads are broken. There are no more heads, no more further periods of rule. He has lost that high and lofty place of his seat in the temple. He has lost ruling over mankind in the world officially, yet he still exists. He he wasn't destroyed on May 21. He still goes about as a roaring lion. He can still enter into this church or that church. He can still um, go about in the world and, and cause uh, trouble. He can still do those things. But on the last day of judgment, then, like the ten sons of Haman were destroyed at that time, so Satan will finally be destroyed then. And once again, notice the ten sons of Haman and, and how that fits in with the ten horns that we've read about uh, of the dragon. He had seven heads and ten horns. Well, let, let's go to another place in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 39, beginning in Ezekiel 38, God speaks of Gog and Magog, and we find uh, discussion of Gog and Magog here in Ezekiel and in Revelation chapter 20, and that's it, as far as specifically being referred to as Gog and Magog. There's nowhere else in the Bible, and in Revelation 20, Gog and Magog has to do with Satan's assault against the churches and the congregations. Specifically, we know uh, definitely, because it says in Revelation 20, verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Well, there, Gog and Magog are, are uh, related to the loosing of Satan. And when Satan comes against the church, the camp of the saints, it's like Gog and Magog coming against what we read historically here, the the people of Israel. And so it pictures that last rule of Satan, which again occurred during the Great Tribulation. Gog and Magog are uh, really an example of the greatness, the final uh, greatness of Satan's power during his last period of rule in this world. And and so they're a massive army, and and of course Satan and his forces, his emissaries, are massive when we consider the entire church was given over to him, and the corporate church number is about two billion, and then we look at all those given over to sin and Satan in the world, it, it's just a mind-boggling number of people that were under the power and control of Satan, at the period of the Great Tribulation. And yet Satan is defeated. Gog and Magog are destroyed in the day of God's wrath. Um, you can read about that in Ezekiel 38. And then uh, God says 
in um, Ezekiel chapter 39 in verse 1, Therefore thou son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord Jehovah. And also verse 6, And I will send a fire on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am Jehovah. Now that reminds us of what we read in Isaiah 24, when God says in verse 15, Wherefore glorify ye Jehovah in the fires, even the name of Jehovah God of Israel in the isles of the sea. The fires is synonymous with the isles of the sea, and the isles are a reference to the continents, because each continent is an island, a huge island, but basically each continent is an island. And and God just sums up the earth, the world, by by referring to it as the isles. And so he will send a fire on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, in the world. And they shall know that I am Jehovah. Again, judgment day has come. God has lit a spiritual fire. He has put down Satan. And and uh, here is the very uh, same language of Ezekiel 29 and Ezekiel 32 concerning Pharaoh, where Gog and Magog are given unto the birds, the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beast of the field. And they have fallen in the open field. God is putting this on public display. And, and all of this relates to the heads of the dragons, the heads of Leviathan being broken in pieces. And and if we go back to Psalm 74, in verse 14, Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. And and that, of course, reminds us of the people of Israel that came out of Egypt, and they inhabited the wilderness. But actually, the word wilderness here is not the typical word for wilderness. It's a, a Hebrew word, 6728 in Strong's Concordance, that's found only six times in the Old Testament. Once here, and then in some very key places. Uh, we, we find this same word translated not as wilderness, but as wild beasts of the desert. In three places, in Isaiah 13, and in verse 19, it says, And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be, as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, it shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, 
neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there, but wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there. The, the whole phrase, wild beasts of the desert, is a translation of the one Hebrew word translated as wilderness in Psalm 74.14. And it's not only here in Isaiah 34. Just as Isaiah 13 is a chapter describing Judgment Day, well, if you were to pick out another chapter in the book of Isaiah that also described Judgment Day, you would quickly think of Isaiah 34. And in Isaiah 34, and you could go back to verse 8 that speaks of the day of Jehovah's vengeance and and um, verse 10, uh, it shall not be quenched night or day and so forth. It's clearly language of the final judgment of this world. And then uh, God in describing what comes in this judgment, what what is the wrath of God really all about. He says in Verse 14, the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island. The wild beasts of the desert is a translation of that same Hebrew word. And they'll meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow, the screech owl also shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest and, and, and so forth. It's, it's ugly language. And then verse 15 says, there shall the great owl make her nest and lay and hatch and gather under her shadow. There shall the vultures also be gathered, everyone with her mate. Remember how Satan is put out to the open field and the fowls of the heaven feed upon him, Gog and Magog, which is Satan and the unsaved, are also laying in the open field meat for the fowls of the heaven. And so this word translated as wilderness leads us to judgment day the time at the end of the great tribulation when satan uh, is overcome when uh, he is uh, beaten by the lord jesus christ and his kingdom now just one last place jeremiah 50 verse 35 says the sword is upon the chaldeans saith jehovah upon the inhabitants of babylon and upon her princes, and upon her wise men. And then in verse 38, A drought is upon her waters, and they shall be dried up, for it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Therefore the wild beasts of the desert, there it is again, with the wild beasts of the island shall dwell there, and the owls shall dwell therein, and shall be no more inhabited forever, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith Jehovah, so shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. And that's uh, what God means when he speaks of a desolate place that is not inhabited. He means not inhabited by Christ. The son of man does not dwell therein. doesn't mean there's not people. There could be plenty of people, as as we can see all around us. But it is not inhabited by Christ. God has forsaken that place. He has given it up like he did the church. Now Babylon the world. And this 
language of, of these vultures and owls and wild beasts of the desert and so forth in, in the context of Judgment Day in Isaiah 13 and Judgment Day in Isaiah 34 and Judgment Day in Jeremiah 50 is what God had in mind when he says in Revelation 18 verse 2, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. See, this is what God is referring to. He's not just talking about the church exclusively, but the entire world, the kingdom of Babylon is the rule of Satan. Remember the woman who is Babylon sat upon the beast with the seven heads and ten horns. Babylon ruled throughout the history of the world as the figure God is using. And Babylon is fallen. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.